Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the book of Ephesians, though we haven't quite got to Ephesians yet. <laughs> we've uh, looked at the first couple of verses of it, but then we've gone back to uh, the book of Acts to see how the gospel came to Ephesus. And so if you haven't seen, uh, listened to the previous episodes, go back and listen to the last, what, uh, three, four, five episodes to see what we've um, seen so far. We're in Acts 19 right now, and what we saw in the last episode was that uh, in verse 23 says that uh, there was a no small disturbance arose concerning the way. And remember, those that believed that Jesus was Messiah, that he was Lord, they were referred to as those of the way, the way, W-A-Y, okay? Now, here's what the small, no small disturbance was about, which means it was a great disturbance. Verse 24, for a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, was bringing no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen of similar trades and said, men, you know that our prosperity depends upon this business. So here's what's happening, and we're about to see in the next couple of verses. Uh, the way was having an impact, and people were believing. Let's just go ahead and read, read verse 26. You see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a considerable number of people, saying that God's made with hands are no gods at all. So there were a lot of people that were believing the gospel. And Paul was telling them, no, you don't have to hear to these idols anymore. You don't have to listen to these gods. You know, in times past, I would have said that these were false gods, but the scripture here doesn't say that they're false gods. Saying that gods made with hands are no gods at all. And referring to different things, we talked about that in the last episode, that there are other divine beings, okay? And uh, we'll have to check that out some other time. <laughs> I mentioned it from time to time. But God is the ultimate Elohim. Okay, let me just say it that way, then we'll move on. Well, these men were being impacted by business. You can always follow the money, right? Their businesses were being impacted. That So many people were turning away from idol worship to the true God that they were not buying little idols anymore. They weren't buying all the stuff that would go along with the idol worship. You know, similar kind of things have happened uh, in our society, Western society. In the great, uh, great uh, Wells Revival of about, what, 115 years ago, early, early 1900s, uh, towns were so transformed that uh, uh, liquor houses and bars went out of business. Okay, They were so transformed that they had to retrain in the coal mines and wells. They had to retrain the mules that worked in the mine. Because the mules were so accustomed to hearing foul instructions given to them that they didn't understand what, what they were being told to do uh, without the obscene language. And so we see that an entire community transformation can take place. And this is what is occurring here. And it's because Paul was persuading people and turning them to the truth. So Demetrius was really hacked off about this. He got the men together, not only the ones of... Uh, uh, the silversmith, but of similar trades, everybody that was impacted on this. 
So let's continue to see what happens. Acts 19, verse 27. Not only is there danger that this traitor virus falls into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis be regarded as worthless, and that she whom all of Asia and the world worship will even be dethroned from her magnificence. <laughs> oh, my. So now he's getting really, really serious. Because he's coming and he says, we got to do something. So what they decided to do, and we know this just by what they did, their action here, was to stir up everybody, to stir them up. Artemis was the, uh, the, goddess, uh, the goddess of the hunt, okay? And it's uh, the, the Greek name of uh, the Roman Diana, okay? And Diana means complete flow. Some interesting things about this. Artemis uh, was the Greek, and she was the uh, twin sister of Apollos. Some people say that this Artemis right here was a Persian Artemis or uh, uh, Ephesus Artemis, and it wasn't the same one. It really doesn't matter for our point in time, okay? Uh, anyway, uh, Diana, Artemis, just different thing. Uh, well, the Greek name, I think, is Diana, and the Roman name is Artemis. She was a twin of Apollos. That's what the bottom line is, Apollo the Great God. And they actually called her Artemis the Great. And so the concern was, if this happens right here, if they start undermining us financially, then they're going to come along and say that Artemis is not even a true God. And how can that be? Well, what do you think the response of the people was? When they heard this, they were filled with rage. They began crying out, saying, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Uh, I mean, they just, uh, and we'll see in a few verses later. I'm not sure we'll get there today. We probably won't, but we may. That they did this for hours on end, crying, Great is Artemis, Great is Artemis. And, you know, sometimes we sit there and think, Well, that's sort of strange. You know, why would anybody do that? You know, we do the same thing. We do the same exact thing. And you say, well, how in the world do, do we do that? We don't worship uh, false goddesses and false gods. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We just don't like to think of it that way. Uh, I've seen it happen too many times, okay? You're uh, reading the Word of God. You're studying the Word of God. You're studying the things of the truth, and you'll see something here. And you think, well, I didn't know that. Well, that's great. And then you'll see something else, and you go, well, that's not what I believe. That's not what I always thought. And then you're sort of challenged. And people like to say that, well, I, I don't believe that. Well, we don't believe that. I've had it said this way. Well, Baptists don't believe that. And I go, really? Where is it written that Baptists don't believe that? And they'll go, well, uh, no Baptist church I've ever been has ever said anything about that. They don't believe that. And they literally take this position of great are the Baptists, greater are the Baptists, or greater than Methodists, greater than Methodists. You know, the Book of Discipline says this, Methodists always do things this way. This is the way it's supposed to be done. And, boy, particularly with the Methodists, they got a method to it because sometimes it's some of the most trite, trivial stuff you could ever imagine. And I just want to go, really? Show me where that's written that way. You know, and if you really look it up, you find out that it's not. Somebody's just standing there crying out, greatest the Baptist, greatest the Methodist, greatest the Presbyterian, greatest the Catholic. You know, we do the same thing, okay, the same exact thing. And we would rather do that than to deal with the truth of what the Word says. How do I know that? Because most people don't read the Word, and most people don't study Word. And I'm talking about people who claim to be believers. 
I'm talking about people who may actually be true believers. I know that for the greater part, most church leadership does not read, much less study the Word of God. And people say, well, you know, the preacher has to. He'll say, let's get a sermon ready. No, he doesn't. You can just download them. You can download a sermon. You download it. You have the scripture passage. You look around and read a couple of things. Say, okay, that looks sort of cool. Let me put in some personal little vignettes of this thing. And voila, there we go. I got a sermon. No, you got to talk. You know, you're standing for talking and you're reading things to somebody. That's not imparting the truth of the Word of God. That's not knowing the Word of God. And folks, that is the norm. That is the norm within the body of Christ today. And you say, well, you can't say that. Well, experientially, I can pretty well say that. Yeah, <laughs> I can. And sometimes people say, well, our pastor doesn't do that. That's great, man. That's wonderful. You know, may the power of the Lord move through him and through y'all. I mean, I mean it, you know. But more than likely, what's happening is we're taking this stance right here of great is whatever our denomination is, whatever our background is, whatever our pet theology is. So as we go through the balance of this account right here, let us not too quickly point a finger at these at Ephesus, okay? These Ephesians are just like us, folks. And I think too often we act and react in the same way and worship and exalt our own personal goddesses rather than the Most High God. Well, my time's up. Again, I'm Dale. We'll continue this next time. I'll see you then. Goodbye.